When I was like 16, I started getting into like punching the punching bag and weightlifting. And I wanted to be able to defend myself if my bro tried to come home from college and kick my ass. So I was doing that all the time and I got pretty strong because I like at least I'm moderately athletic. And uh, with weightlifting class, I was pretty good at it. I kind of started early and uh, and one day I, I got you know, not a, like a scuffle with a kid I went to high school with and I pinned him to the ground and he was like, how did you do that? I go to Kung Fu class and I have a horse dance and you shouldn't have been able to take me down. And I was like, Kung Fu class? Where? And it's down the street from where I lived at. So I went to check it out. What I had seen about Kung Fu before online was like pictures of super old, super skinny guys doing ridiculous like animal movements which I knew would never be helpful in any kind of physical conflict. So so when I went there, I kind of had not a chip on my shoulder, but I was strong, and the, these guys all looked, like, skinny in there. But the way they could move was impressive, and when I tried to do it, I couldn't move that way. I was much slower, way more, like, fragmented and broken. Like, I couldn't, I couldn't, I didn't have that fluidity. I didn't have that flexibility. So I immediately stopped lifting weights and started doing kung fu. So... Kung Fu became my life. Uh, it's my introduction to China. It's my introduction to like Eastern philosophy, Eastern thought. And it's still one of the greatest things I ever did with my life. And I found like even as musical as I am, I found even more expression through Kung Fu than I have with music. But it takes a, a, an incredible amount of dedication. I mean, when I was at my peak, I was like four hours of physical training every day and I would do meditation every day and I would be reading every day trying to learn something new so it was, it was from the time I got up till the time I went to bed I did that for four months and then I continued to study it just not like full full on dedication when I went to school in Boston I continued well let me back up so I, I did join that school and I learned certain kung fu forms and things like that and then I found a Wing Chun school locally so Bruce Lee was a major inspiration to me and Wing Chun is the only style he's ever like learned from a teacher from like a systematic point of view uh and I I found a great teacher who was very low on the totem pole not low on the totem pole high on the totem pole closer to the lineage of the actual like founder of this branch of Wing Chun um and Wing Chun blew my mind it was a very scientifical way to move it was much different than the style of kung fu that i was learning which you can break kung fu into hard and soft or internal and external and this is internal and soft and uh and i did form my own organization where we visited all the local kung fu or chinese not just chinese martial arts but traditional martial arts schools and you know I, i've always been from that point on super fascinated and very into kung fu um, so that late, yeah, later when I went to Boston, I continued learning Wing Chun, where we focused on the stances more than I had in my hometown. Um, and it was always a draw of mine, like, if I went to China, I could probably learn some really good Kung Fu, you know? Well, misconception, because Shanghai is, is just a modern city. I mean, it's, it's hardly has any connection to the past whatsoever. There's no, like, I shouldn't say there's no tradition, but... It might as well not be China. It's clearly like a result of the, the Cultural Revolution. There's clearly 
a severe, severely international history there. If you're into like traditional Chinese things, Shanghai is probably the worst place to go. I mean, you could even learn more about Chinese culture like in Canada. I mean, it's not a joke because the Cultural Revolution just wiped it all out. And not that, not that Shanghai was ever an epicenter for that sort of thing. So, you know, I could, couldn't even exercise hardly in, in Shanghai. Like, it was hard. I did join a gym and find a place where I had a, they'd let me use the studio room. Um, and I did do some stuff in the parks. But um, I did. I, I finally tried to find a Wing Chun school when I was in Shanghai. And I, I visited four of them. And it was profoundly terrible. They would have like, you know, when you're when you're really into something, you know it well. You can look at a picture of somebody doing something and know like it's wrong for like severely wrong. It's not just like, you know, a different way. It's you're just missing the basic premise of the whole art form. And there was that going on. The first place I went to and they were really expensive, uh, like hundreds of R&B per hour, which is like, you know, 50 bucks an hour or something like that. And the second place I went to, like, that was the first one you could tell by the pictures and the pricing. And I went to the second one, and the guy gave demonstrations on his little buddy. You know, a lot of martial arts centers have, like, the, the master and the guy he demonstrates on. And you could tell from that 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 guy was garbage. He didn't have any technique. Like, the third or fourth place I went to, the floors were matted. So... In Wing Chun, you got to be able to slide around on the floor. You need a hard surface. You can't use like a jujitsu mat. So floor was like that, but he had like four wooden dummies. I forgot to mention, I had my own wooden dummy when I was living in my hometown. Uh, so he's got all these wooden dummies, but the dude doesn't know. And I even asked him, where did you learn Wing Chun? He goes, oh, I taught myself. Like, what? what is that? So, and he was all kind of trying to like intimidate me. He wanted to show me something. He asked me to show him something. And it almost turned into a fight, like, right off the bat, which is... It's an interesting thing about martial art, like, that it can turn into a fight because it's kind of about fighting. But that's kind of a different subject to get really deep into martial art. It's it's really about internal conflict and and life and yin and yang, and which can be applied to anything. But anyway, that does happen. You do... That happens over and over again. Meet people who try to test you or, you know, they want to tell you how much they know instead of just do it, you know. Um, so there was no good Wing Chun place, and it was a shame. And it, later I even went to the hometown of where Wing Chun really came out of, Foshan, Foshan in Guangdong, and um, was driven around by somebody to different places to find these Wing Chun schools, and they were terrible. They were awful. Awful. You couldn't you couldn't make up a martial art and look any worse than them. So I mean that says a lot about China also that how much the Cultural Revolution just like wiped out important cool things about China, which present day China just like looks at foreign countries and goes, Hey, that's modern, let's do that and like let's not try to combine it with anything we're good at. Let's just forget everything that we're good at and do a really crappy knockoff version of what they're good at. And that's the disappointing element that is China, modern China. Um, and that's not to knock all of China because there are, obviously, Shanghai would be the last place to find anything where they would appreciate, like kung fu or tea drinking or whatever else is authentically Chinese. 
But I mentioned in my first podcast how I moved into this apartment complex, and at the bottom where you enter from the backside on the riverside, there was a little, there was a little um, like martial art studio. It's like a, it was kind of like a separate standalone building in the courtyard against the river um, that should have been or originally was probably like part of our communities. Like that would have been like the center, community center or something. But of course, hey, if you can make money by running it out, let's do it. That's Shanghai way. So there was like a martial art. And, and, and as just to underscore what I'm saying, they were teaching Taekwondo. That's what the big thing is in Shanghai, teaching Taekwondo. Even though Kung Fu is in infinitely more sophisticated, more Chinese, m- more logical, more everything than, than Taekwondo, they're teaching Taekwondo. That's how, that's how much Chinese have lost their way. I'm sorry. And I know that, that hurts anybody Chinese, but anybody Chinese can admit it too. Um, you know, maybe not to me, but to themselves. So I, I friended that guy, and I was asking if I could teach classes. This is kind of what I have been doing for since I was like 25, trying to find places where I could teach Kung Fu, because I have, I have good Wing Chun training, but I also have my own like style that it's derived from studying Bruce Lee, and it's also letting people find their way, but here's a lot of techniques. I had a, that organization in, the, in my 20s where I would visit different martial arts centers. Like I knew some fundamental things about different styles. So I was trying to find a place where I could teach classes. Um, not to be like, look what I know, but like so I could keep doing them and have people to do them with. Uh, that's, that's really like the sad part about when you learn something like Wing Chun. You, you need people to do them with or you're just kind of stand there by yourself all the time. It's not, it's no good. It's like playing basketball alone for the rest of your life. And miraculously, they went under that company really quick after I met them. So I never got to go in there. And then one day they got, it got refurbished and I went down there and there was a guy in like a, all I could sell you is like what looks like a traditional Kung Fu outfit with long hair and I think he was doing Kung Fu and I maybe walked by trying to remember but knowing myself especially at that time I'm pretty sure I instantly went to go talk to them Um, and that guy I think it was just him and the other teacher maybe it was just one guy you could tell he was that kind of a type where it's like you know I'm the master and I know everything and I don't even know you yet so like, you just need to pay me respect and don't talk to me like, you know, like you know anything. Yeah, you get that. So, what I found out is that's Wu Dong Gong Fu, which we call, and I guess sometimes in English, is Wu Tang. So, he was a member, a legit, legit member of the Wu Tang clan, which means he trained on Wu Dong Mountain. He sent to Shanghai to teach, and that center is owned by the Wu Dong, the, the Wu Tang clan. And uh, I tried to be friendly with him and laugh, and but he was like all serious and kind of, you know. But because I lived there, I'd come down there and I just started popping in. And, you know, sooner or later, they're drinking tea. They had a traditional tea table, which is like a table made out of a big wood wooden trunk. If you've ever seen that, that's, that's what they had. And you sit on little wood trunk stools 
and there's like a spot where the guy who conducts the tea ceremony sits, which is one of the two of them. There was him and another dude. Um, I think he was from Hunan, and I, I think he the the other guy was like from Hubei. Um, and they were young; they were like 25 ish. I was like 30 ish, 32 ish, something like that. Um, but they'd wear those outfits every day, and they pretty much lived and slept in there. I mean, they actually had an apartment somewhere in my community, but they would do meditation behind the which is super rare in China that anybody like in Shanghai would meditate at least. Um, and I would join them for tea and we would chat and became friends with them. And so sooner or later we were doing Kung Fu with each other. And one of the things that they did, so Wudong Kung Fu like is a, is, a, is focused on Tai Chi and which is pushing hands the two man pushing hands is something that they did like all the time with each other and with their students which is not the way that i've seen it done before which is more like you get into a momentum of i push you push i push you push and if there's any off balance or resistance you you dominate it wing chun has something similar with striking um but i had never practiced that i i i knew the the Tai Chi Young style first form, but I there's three forms, um, but I never did pushing hands with somebody before. So as soon as I started with them, like I picked up on it really quickly because it was so much like the Wing Chun, what they call Chi Sao, which is sticky hands and your arms are together and always moving. And when I was in Boston, my teacher was really good at that, and I had a a, a really special technique or I adapted really well to Chi Sao. I think it was from my wooden dummy training and my flexibility. I was really good at feeling where arms were. Oh man, I really miss that. So when we were doing like the pushing hands, I could feel when they were off balance and I would set them off and they would fall over or go, or go flying backwards, which you, you might've saw in a movie or, or maybe heard like in a legend or something, but it's true, man, because what happens is like they're pushing as hard as they can and they're not making you fall. And as soon as you like let them just push by themselves and give them a, a little bit of a boost, like they'll go flying. I guess you see that more in like a keto, but a keto has too many elements of like, you know where I'm throwing you to and you have to go that way or you'll break something. That's why people go like flying in a keto. This is just like losing your balance. So... The key to my success was really the Wing Chun stance, which I didn't really teach them. They were never interested in learning Wing Chun. But, you know, when their students would come and ask, like, why is this guy beating you guys at this pushing hands? They would be like, oh, he learned Wing Chun. And they'd be like, oh, okay, okay. But they never asked me to, like, teach it to them. I think I gave, like, one half a lesson or whatever. So it was cool. I got to be friends with these guys, and I would go down to their... Kung Fu Guan, which is like what we call like a dojo. Um, it was ma mainly glass windows and wooden floor and a mirrored wall. And I'd hang out there like twice a week and I'd drink tea with them. So that's a big takeaway for me. Like even though they taught me like tiger form and certain things like the pushing hands, what I still practice is my tea drinking, which I think I could make a whole podcast about tea ceremony and, and tea in general because it's so lost and it's so awesome. Um, and they taught me it and they, they eventually had me doing the tea ceremonies and then, you know, people would come by to check out the center and it'd be like these two Wu-Tang clan members dressed in their, 
outfits, you know, with their long hair tied up. And I'm at the, I'm the guy at the tea ceremony table conducting the tea ceremony. And they'd sit down and they'd discuss the center with them. And I'd be the one pouring the tea. Um, so I befriended those guys. And there was also right outside of the, that center was a painted um, court for badminton. And I had started to play badminton. Because people don't play, not very many people play tennis or or anything else. Like, if you have the chance to play badminton, you play badminton. And my friend at the time bought for me, like, a portable stand-up net. And I used her racket, and I'd go down there, and I'd set it up. And those guys, if they had free time in the mornings, we would play badminton with each other. It'd be me versus both of them together. And I'd kick their ass every time. <laughs> I still have those guys' contact information. And I ended up, I did, if you look at the music video I shot in Shanghai, if you see the very end of it, I'm painting um, a guy doing like a Tai Chi sword stance. And if you look at that painting, I painted Wudong Mountain with like the Kung Fu school at the top and that stance. And I ended up giving it to them in a big gold frame. Like it was a giant piece of canvas. It was from a painting I found in the same building. Um, and just painted over it and washed the frame and gave it to them. So I don't know where it is now, but they were the last ones to have it. And there is a cherry on the top of this story because when I moved back to the U.S. and joined the gym that my parents go to, I was on a treadmill one day, and lo and behold, um, the Sifu, the Kung Fu teacher from my first Kung Fu school walks by. So... That's the Tian Shen Pai style I mentioned earlier. The first time I walked in and saw those skinny dudes doing Kung Fu. And I always had like a great respect for this guy, like admiration. Like he's somebody I kind of idolized because he's just such a badass. I mean, he's also an immigration lawyer in D.C. And he's got like a nice car. He wears suits, but he's a kick-ass weapons expert and trains the CIA or not CIA, but special services, stuff like that. Um... I didn't have him as a teacher for very long when I was like a teenager because I had my new, I had a rhinoplasty and then I didn't really go back after that. I think I went back once or twice or something happened where I felt embarrassed and didn't go again. But anyway, I knew him. He didn't know me. So I said like, uh, are you, excuse me, are you Sifu Clarence Burris, something like that? And he was like, yes. <laughs> so I... Ended up, like, getting his phone number and messaging him every once in a while. And every once in a while, we'd end up, like, talking. We had, like, a long talk once in the locker room. I got to ask him questions like, where did Tianjin Pai come from? Because I never found such a mountain in, in China, which is part of the name in Chinese. And I never heard of it. I never was able to find anything about it. So he told me all, everything he knew. And he had his stories about, he went to China in, like, 1982. So it was really great to hear, like, all that stuff that, I always wondered about that I never got to hear all those years later. It's like 20 years later. Um, and I told him, like, I learned this pushing technique. If we do this exercise together, and I'd really love to, like, do it with you if you want. I said, you know, you're not going to be able to push me over. And uh, and one of the times, like, a month after that or something, I'm on the treadmill, and he comes up to me, and he's like, He's got his headphones on and lifts his headphone off. And he's like, when do you want to do this, like, pushing hands thing? I was like, 
yeah, we can do it whenever. He's like, you want to go now? And I go, yeah. And he goes, I believe you said something like, uh, I'm not going to be able to push you over. So this is not like an average built guy either. I mean, he's a guy who's in that gym every morning or every other morning. He's a USA wushu coach. Like, he's he's fit. And he's big. He's probably like 6'7". I don't know. Um, so we go, like, I told him, like, the rooms, the studio rooms are full right now. There's classes. He said, let's go in the cycling room. Now, he didn't realize, but I knew that the cycling room isn't big enough. Because if you get pushed over, like, you you go flying, you know. So whatever. We go in there. And um, he's like, okay, show me what you learned in China. And I, like, I just said, I didn't learn this in China. This is just what we did while I was there. Like, in other words, like, I'm not trying to reteach something somebody taught me. Nobody taught me anything, and I don't know that it's even a thing. So, um, yeah, so we first he starts, like, we line up, and he starts trying to teach me, like, the typical traditional pushing hand method, like, you stand like this, and you push here, and then I... So I start doing that with him, and I'm thinking, okay, like, this is cool. I always wanted to learn this, but it's, like, not what I was... I'm not going to push you over with this because I don't even know what this is. So he, he finally stops and goes, oh, okay, okay, just tell me, show me what you learned in China. So I go, okay, like, you just kind of try to push the other person over. That's it. You put your hands on each other, and you try to push them. And so he starts doing it. I start doing it. Neither of us are falling, so he's a little frustrated. He tries to, like, shake me. I mean, didn't do much. but um, And he starts talking to me, and he's saying, like, think about where your third leg is. But... You know, for me, ever since I was, like, 19 and, and got, like, a good Wing Chun stance, like, it's a suction cup. It's a 360 circumference suction cup. Like, you'll hear over and over in Kung Fu, like, there's roots in the middle of your foot that, like, attach you to the ground. But when you have the right, like, I, you'd have to see what a what a proper Wing Chun stance is. It probably looks ridiculous. You kinda have, you're kind of pigeon-toed, and your knees are, like, bent inwards. But it's a 360 suction cup. So him telling me, like, think about where your third leg is, I'm already thinking, that's not right. Like, third leg, like, you're going to need more than that. You know, because when I'm, when I'm feeling you, when I'm pushing and you're pushing and I'm finding where your balance is, I mean, that's all I'm doing is finding where you're not supporting yourself. So, you know, if, you're, if you have two, two sides, two legs, right, Let's say you have three, fine. Well, you should have four because that means one of your sides is not going to be balanced. So I thought it was like, don't, I, I felt like, don't tell me how to do something that you're doing for the first time. I mean, that's not a good idea. Why don't you just see if you can do it, you know? But I guess he had the impression, like, come on, dude, like, there's no way. Like, I'm like a super duper certified kung fu expert and for the last forever which is fine. Every right to think that. Don't blame him at all. But, like, I always personally, like, when I meet somebody who's trying to show me something with their martial art, I just let them show me. And, like, you know, if I get something out of it, I get something out of it. But I, and I, I really try to minimize, like, explaining anything with my words. In fact, for me, the way I judge my teaching is with, with martial art is, like, if, if I can do any of it without talking, the less talking, the better of a teacher I am. So I already don't have, like, a lot of admiration for, like, explanation of what's happening. So he's anyway, he's, like, pushing me. I'm not really falling. I mean, he's 
I'm not. And again, I don't even. I don't practice. I'm not like doing the stance every day like those Wu Tang Clan guys. Like they're in their stances in the mornings, like just getting strong, making their horse stance like stronger. And you know, this guy clearly is like exercising all the time. Like I just walk on the treadmill. That's like my exercise. So anyway, once like we got kind of situated, and he finally starts like just trying to push me off balance. I get him like on a good off balance and he fell back like all the way into like almost the wall. And all I said was like, I pushed you, you know? And he was like, you did, you did. Do you know what you did though? Like, you know, like, Ooh, like, you know, it's like, I, Oh, I know, you know? And so we did it. And I pushed him off balance again. And then somebody came into the cycle room who wanted to use the bikes and, and then we, it was over. And, like, he didn't want to do it again, which I think is a shame because I would have loved to have anybody to do that with. It's, it's such a fun, good activity. It's, it is exercise, but it's not, like, strenuous. And it's, like, just give, gives you that sense of, like, you know, standing confidently because you, you find confidence in your own balance and stuff. So that would have been cool. And that's kind of the full circle of, like, kung fu for me, I guess. I mean, I don't know what else is going to happen in my life. I, I haven't given up on Kung Fu or I don't really practice it. But, but to me, that's, that's a full circle story.